Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla, Alex Regla with you guys. After the Lakers lose 109 104 to the Dallas Mavericks, the Lakers now 27 and 34 on the season. Alex, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? Well, I was really doing good in the third quarter. And then I was mm-hmm. really doing good in the first half of the fourth quarter. And then the wheels fell off, and I don't really know what happened to the Lakers tonight. So my emotions went with the team. Uh, <laughs> but I'm doing fine in real life. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. <laughs> um, I kind of forgot how like close games felt. Yeah. Uh, uh, or at least competitive games. So yeah, I was a bit stressed there in the fourth quarter, but um, yeah, at least it was competitive and it's kind of sad to say like, that's all I could hope for at this point. Um, I never, even when they were up by six in the fourth quarter, I was like, how are they going to blow this? They've jaded me that much this season that this particular team that's how I think right now. And it's probably not healthy for <laughs> to, not a healthy way to watch games, but that's really how, what I was thinking. It was how are they going to blow this? And then they totally collapsed. And I think they went from that moment, someone tweeted it out. They went 15 and two since leading mix uh, midway through the fourth quarter. They went, yeah, I think the they Mavericks only scored uh, four points over the last seven minutes. Yeah. They scored a total of 17 points in the fourth quarter, which is not ideal to close out a game, especially with someone with a team that has someone like Luka Doncic on their team. No, yeah. Uh, Luka took over there in the fourth. Um, And yeah, the Lakers just couldn't score. And that's kind of been a story uh, almost all year, like beyond all the injuries and everything else. They just have not been able to really um, win it in the clutch. Like their offense just, like shit's the bed. <laughs> like they don't yeah. like um, it was the thing like I've noticed most, like as I was watching them in the fourth quarter, it's just, they just play so slow. Like in those last three minutes, like they barely cross half court before it's a violation. They don't know what they're trying to run. Like it looks like they're trying to get LeBron or Carmelo in the post and then double comes and then everyone's screwed. Like they don't know what to do after that. Yeah. So yeah, um, they need to figure out how to, score some points in the clutch in the third quarter. They went on a 13 one run to start the quarter. And I noted that Stanley monk and Reeves were the only ones that scored during that run. Mm-hmm. And I did notice as well in the second half of the fourth quarter, I don't know if we played in the beginning, there was no Reeves whatsoever. Uh, he only played 16 minutes, uh, tonight. And I know he was in foul trouble, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, he was a game high plus seven for the Lakers. So yeah, it's a difficult thing to put my finger on. I was like, I understand that you have guys like Carmelo Anthony and, you know, maybe more veteran guys that you trust in the clutch. But when he's shown you tonight specifically that he's game and when he's on the court, there just seems to be a difference of effort and and honestly result. It kind of made no sense to me. It's like, why not give him a chance? If you're going to go and start him, and start this new look lineup, why not go all in on it? Why, why revert back to, 
I mean, Mello missed a couple, missed open threes. Monk, unfortunately, missed a couple layups there in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. So they had open shots. They just didn't go in. I was just pretty confused that, that Reeves wasn't in in the fourth quarter at all. And, and like you said, he was a big part of why they made a run in the third quarter. It wasn't like he was playing poorly. Like he, he I mm-hmm. thought, start to third, his hustle plays um, really kind of sparked that run. And mm-hmm. although he wasn't making his shots or contributing offensively, I thought his energy was contagious and he was one of the few guys really diving on the floor and hustling. And that kind of had a trickle down effect. And I think he deserved to be in the fourth quarter. And also like, if you're not going to play Reeves, um, you definitely can't play Westbrook monk and Carmelo all at the same time defensively. Like you're going to get Luca is just going to switch all of that and target at least one of those three guys. So I don't think it was a surprise that Luca started making all the shots when that was happening. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, I'm not sure. I, I understand why I guess Vogel did it because they couldn't score. They had to have their best offensive players out there, but they also couldn't stop anyone. So yeah. Um, I Reeves definitely has to be more than 16 minutes, like going forward, going forward, that, that just has to be a thing. Right. I think Vogel's got to get used to that too. It's like he has these safety blankets that he uses sometimes that, I mean, in this season, get rid of it man you know, just get rid of everything think new things like it was a game that luca was not playing fantastic like he wasn't having a great game you know he went uh nine of 21 oh five from three he even missed some free throws late i just think that this game was there for the taking and that in itself i guess is surprising to say because it looked like they were completely dead in the third quarter like they are in the second quarter they just looked absolutely like well here we go i think i even te- i did text him like this is brutal um, it was a game that they let slip through their hands and that's, what's disappointing about it. Yeah. I, like I, like you said, I thought the second half, I, there are positives I think in this game and I'm not sure how many people thought the Lakers were going to win this game coming into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dallas has pl- obviously been playing a lot better and Luke has been playing out of his mind. So yeah, I, I, I didn't expect the Lakers to win this one, but they had the lead. I thought they had momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had the same feeling you did though. Like, that negative thought kind of creeped back in head of my, like back in my mind, like, okay, they're going to blow this somehow in the fourth. And I thought once LeBron sat like halfway through the fourth, I'm like, okay, uh, this is where it's going to happen. So um, yeah, but like just some other, like at least the positives here, I, I thought the rotation outside of like the Reeves management was actually pretty good tonight. I, I really liked this new starting lineup. I thought um, it, it's, well worth to kind of experiment with that. And I also like that Bazemore is getting some run now. Like at this point, if you're not going to cut him, see what you got in him. And I thought he made, you know, made a couple of threes. Uh, he's another wing defender. So just stuff like that going forward, you have to kind of maximize the talent you have on the roster. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting going forward too. Cause they did also make some moves we can get to later. <laughs> um, get your reaction on that. When you, watch the third quarter and you see the Lakers defensively mm-hmm. like really shut down. I mean, the, the Mavericks scored 14 points in the third quarter for you. What was the biggest difference? Was it, is it, I hate to be so generic and basic about it, but is it really just come down to effort? I, I was going to say effort from one person uh, specifically. I thought LeBron <laughs> um, actually kind of <laughs> making rotations and being engaged defensively was like a huge difference. And I think it speaks volumes to kind of maybe the effort in the last week or so uh, on his end um, defensively. So, yeah, 
I, I overall I thought it was better. And I guess again, I thought Austin Reeves kind of that first minute or two in the third, like kind of set the tone there. Um, but yeah, a lot of it does come down to effort. Like there's, they're going to lose a lot of, uh, battles just because they don't have the personnel. They're mm-hmm. small. They don't have a lot of great individual defenders, but at the end of the day, if you at least try, you're going to be decent. And, um, this is definitely more effort than they had against the Pelicans. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. And even at halftime, uh, till today was a national game. So it was a, a TNT game and, you know, they go to halftime and it's LeBron. I mean, excuse me, it's Shaq. D Wade and Jamal Crawford and both Shaq and D Wade were very critical of the team. Just how that they looked in the moment. You know, I think Shaq said, you know, I don't want to use the word, but it looks like they're quitting. Uh, Dwayne Wade called them front runners and said something to the point of there's no pride on this team. Like that so harsh coming from a national broadcast. Yeah. And then for them, like to your point to come out and show signs of life, to me was the biggest surprise of the night. <laughs> I was yeah. expecting another lay down Pelicans. Like, here we go again. Let's just get out of here. And so I'm not calling it a moral victory whatsoever, but it was nice to see them look like they give a fuck. How about that? Yeah. Like, you know, like that to me was, was like the biggest takeaway from tonight for me. Yeah, absolutely. Like they can't make progress unless they're trying, right? Like, it doesn't matter who's on the team, who's available, who's not available. Like if you're not giving the effort um, consistently, you're not going to beat anyone. Like mm-hmm. they got, they showed that against the Pelicans. Like they, you're going to get run out of the gym. So it was at least a positive sign to see them. Like, was that the most fun quarter in like how long? The like third over- quarter? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I haven't had fun watching this team <laughs> in so long. I can't even tell you. Like I really cannot tell you when the last time I had fun watching this team. I yeah, probably got to go look at the schedule and like, oh, the Utah game, I guess that wasn't that long ago, but that feels like years ago because the all-star break, mm-hmm. um, that was fun. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I yeah. think that just speaks volumes. Like the effort has to be there and maybe, um, I, I do hope they don't get discouraged by the loss. Like, obviously it sucks to lose, but I do hope they kind of go back and look what they did in the third quarter and kind of build off that. And don't wait until the second half or you're down 20 to start yeah. trying. You got to start like quarter one with right. that effort. Well, being down for the Lakers, is it hasn't worked out well for them. They're one in 13 when they lead, excuse me. They're one in 13 when they trail by double digits at halftime. They're not a big come, come from behind team. Things really do. And I actually, what Dwayne Wed, the way Dwayne Wed Wade, that is difficult. The <laughs> way D Wade said what he said made a lot of sense to me. Um, he called them front runners. And what he meant by that was he hated that term as a player when he played because a front running team for him is when everything is going well, it all rolls. Everybody's in it. Everybody's got the energy. Everybody's got the effort. Everything is going well at the first sign of adversity. This guy's over here. This guy's over here. This guy's over here. It's a, it's an individual base game. And that is the best way to describe this team in the third quarter when everything's rolling, everything's going great. You're like, Oh wow. You know, this is the, the, team we thought we could get all year long and then you see the second half of the fourth quarter you see the second quarter and you're like this is really what this team really is though they show flashes of it but they never really put a full complete game together and you know the reality is alex there are only two games of, ahead of the of the blazers for i know they're in the nine seed but they're the blazers and i forget the other team in the 10 seed um the reality is they got the second toughest schedule remaining in the nba and they're tumbling down 
the playoff standings. They are two games ahead of the Pelicans and two games ahead of the Blazers. Yeah, it's just going to get harder from here on out. So um, I, it would have been nice to come out of the All-Star break with a little better results and to kind of kickstart this run that they have to go on. Like, there's no more waiting. Like, there's only 20-something games left. So, yeah, I, I the body language overall I don't think was that great tonight. Like, that first half, the body language was, was not good. The third quarter was just the only um, – it's kind of an outlier, really. Mm-hmm. And we kind of saw that – revert back to the main in the fourth quarter. So yeah, they have to, I don't know. I, I do again, like I don't want them to be too discouraged. Like I, I obviously it sucks. They lost. I, I like the starting lineup change. I like giving base more some run. Mm-hmm. Um, there's little things here and there. They can did better, but at least it was a positive step in, in, in the right direction. I think even though the, the outcome wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really all you can say. There's not much else you can take away from it. I mean, every post-game podcast that you've heard on the, on the network probably all sounds the same lately. You know, it's you're just trying to find positives in what's been a dumpster fire of a season. Let me ask you this question, because when you look ahead, the Lakers, they play the Clippers and the Warriors and the Spurs, their next games, the next two in L.A., even though against the Clippers on Thursday, it is a uh, away game. How confident are you that they can, I'm going to say, hold on. Cause I don't think anyone's confident that they'll make a run and like really push into like a higher seed. I mean, they're six games behind the wolves for the seven seed. That'd be an insurmountable comeback the way they're playing right now. But how confident are you that they can stay in the play-in game? I mean, it's tough to be like super confident about anything with this team, but um, I, I I think given the teams behind them, like Portland, who knows what Damian Dillard's status is going to be. Um, I know they've kind of had some nice moments from like Anthony Simons and other guys, but I, I think as long as they kind of just keep their keep themselves like above water here, I think they'll make the plan. Uh, but yeah, it, it's like a crapshoot happens after that once they make it. How, how about you? How do you feel? I think the exact same as you. I don't trust the Lakers to make any sort of run, but I also don't trust any of the teams behind them to to eliminate them. Unless the Lakers really, 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 really stink, which, listen, the schedule, don't look at it if you're scared. And the 21 games remaining, like mo- a lot of them are on the road. And a lot of them are against really good teams. So I don't need, I don't think this team finishes with a 500 record. I really don't. I don't see them being, you know, what is it? Seven games above 500 the rest of the way. I don't see that happening. Um, But I'd see them kind of staying where they are. But I, I ask you that question because today, of course, Mr. Positive, who has a beautiful life and three, great children at home that's all he keeps telling us uh russell westbrook when asked about being in danger of missing the playing games he's he's quote super confident that we're going to be all right i hopefully hopefully he's right uh um i'm not as confident as him but like what at this point like where they're at like you said they're probably not going to finish 500 they're probably not going to catch really maybe not even the clippers here for eighth um What's the best scenario here um, going into the plan that they're healthy, 
they're playing a bit better. Like, what, what's the best outcome at this point for them in terms of heading into the playoffs? Anthony Davis comes back and they give him a shot to upset some teams. I think we, maybe not you, but I think I have been super critical of Anthony Davis this season when he's played. Obviously, the availability is a whole different discussion. Uh, when he came back from the injury, he did look really good before the all-star break and not having him on this particular roster. You could see how, even though the results weren't coming in, you could see how much worse the Lakers are without him. Like it's a very visible when Dwight comes in and Deandre Jordan's gone now, but when Dwight comes in, you could see the difference. Like if they go small, that's one thing, but it's, it's bad. So I would say, the best thing that could happen is that he comes back. He stays healthy, which is a miracle in itself. And they are able to upset somebody. Yeah. At this, at this point, that's all you can really hope for. I, I think if you're a Laker fan or the Lakers um, themselves, like you, you want to give yourselves a chance to do that. You have to make the plan. You have to be healthy. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they, they beat, they make it into the playoffs. Like they beat whoever they have to beat in the play in and, Stuff like yeah, that. I mean, it's, They're competitive. it's, it's one game, mm-hmm. you know, they, I think the Lakers can beat, I, I mean, it's the NBA, anybody, I feel like you know, on any given night, you never really know. You can beat, you can win one game you get two chances at it. Can they beat the, uh, can they beat the Clippers? Oh, maybe not. Can they beat the Pelicans? I, I would hope so. Even though <laughs> they just got crushed by 25 points. Like I would hope so, but I think that's it, man. And unfortunately, sitting here on March 1st, it's March now, you know, we still have so many questions about what this team is, but I think those questions have been answered and we just don't want to accept the answers. You know, I think that's really what it comes down to as a Laker fan is the answers are in front of us. There's 48 minutes every single night and we just don't want to accept it because of our own expectations and our own like entitlement that we're Lakers. Like we're better than this. Like, Let's just be real and blunt about it for a second here. Like if you watch this team night in, night out, you know what they are, man. Healthy. We know what they are and they're not a championship team. And here in LA, that's all that matters. That is all that matters. Right. Yeah. I mean, that I, that's what I expect. Like we, 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 we know shakeups coming in, in some form and, it, it was kind of crazy seeing Rob Plinka and Jeannie Buss in the crowd today and them watching. Like, What time did she I, leave? <laughs> I don't know. but uh, <laughs> I was slamming this team after the Pelicans game, dude. I was slamming this team. And Rightfully so. Rightfully I, I just, so. You know, it's just frustrating, man, because I was with – at halftime, I was with Shaq. I was like, yes. And I think what bothers me the most is, like, there really is – like a lack of accountability from top to bottom. Nobody wants to accept blame for this. And they all kind of act like Russ. And I, I say Russ specifically because his post-game press conferences always annoy me because he laughs, he smiles. He's like, I, you know, I'm going to do me. I have a great family at home. If I get booed, you know, there's always like a silver lining to him. Sometimes I just want you to be pissed off and be like, we suck right now. we got to figure it out. Like we've never heard that. We suck. We have to figure it out. We will figure it out. We will work hard to figure it out. It's always like, you know, we got injuries versus COVID. There's this, there's that. I think that's what's really frustrating me particularly. Um, so, yeah, man, it's 
<laughs> I wish people could see my face, dude. Cause it's just like, I, I have come to accept reality on this team and I keep referencing the halftime show because I think Shaq just nailed it. He's like, you stop talking about championship, Russ, stop talking about championship and figure out how to get out of the nine seed. And then when you're the eight seed, figure out how to get to the seven seed. And then when you're in the play and figure out who to beat that day, you know, like stop talking about championship, stop because those are not realistic expectations at the moment. You have to like go out there and day by day, work your ass off, put some real effort. Cause there's clips out there from today's game that are not a good look no. from, from LeBron, from Russ, from there's like the effort needs to be that like, this team's not good enough to take plays off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So even as I said, there were positives tonight. There are also a lot of negatives. The body language, like you mentioned, like, that first half was ugly. Yeah. I, I, I know the Lakers made a big run in the second half and they, hopefully that's like proof of concept that like when we try or we like give a damn, like we can be competitive. So hopefully like the coaching staff will drill that into them during like the film room and saying like, here, this is proof that we can do this. These are the things we have to do consistently in order to do this. And like contrast that to the first half, whatever they were doing there. So yeah, there just has to be a level of accountability. There has to be a level of like giving a damn because like you said, the margin for error with this team is so small that they can't afford to just like bullshit for half the game and expect to win because that's what it feels like. It yeah. does feel like they still think no matter what, they can end up win a game or at this point, hopefully it's not like they just don't care. Yeah, I think I, that's really what you can hope for. Like, just go out there and play your ass off for 48 minutes every single night. That, that's why. Why are you not playing Austin Reeves, the one, like, consistent guy who, who does even, that? He, he's not a perfect player. He's, he has, he's a rookie. He has limitations. He missed all, like, a lot of open shots tonight. But, like, at the very least, like, the one thing you count on with Austin Reeves, he's got to at least try. And that's one of the few guys, if not. Are you talking about Austin Reeves or Alex Caruso? You know what? Like, very that's, similar. <laughs> oh man, we've had this conversation with Caruso, like you with the whole Rondo thing. But I'm getting flashbacks now. But yeah, like I'm nervous once Avery Bradley comes back, and then yeah. you know we're gonna probably talk about it when DJ Augustine comes in. Like <laughs> Austin Reeves feels like the guy who's gonna get squeezed again. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about that. The Lakers did cut DeAndre Jordan. They signed DJ Augustine. They also signed Wenyan Gabriel to a two-way contract. So, uh, DJ Augustine, you got a scouting report on him? Uh, Frank Vogel talked very highly of him. That's why I, I bring up, like, I think he's going to be in the rotation. Uh, Vogel, I think, coached uh, Augustine in Orlando when he was there. He, he's very familiar with this game. He said he was going to uh, meet up with him at some point, either tonight or tomorrow, to go over his role with the team. Um he like immediately is probably the best three point shooting point guard on the roster in terms of like a traditional point guard. Cause I wouldn't call Malik Monk a traditional point guard, right? He's more like a combo guard. Um, they, I think they view him as a Rondo replacement, uh, a guy who can back up Westbrook and the only, like, that's all good. He's just very small. He's another old player. Very small. So at least he's under 35. Yeah. He's a spring chicken, I guess on this team. I don't know. Yeah, but, he is defensively he's not going to give you anything really yeah, with that height um you, all you can really hope for is he spaces the floor and helps with the playmaking 
What about the 24-year-old Wenyan Gabriel? Huh? Six foot that, nine. Yeah, that I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, what is he? Six nine? Six yeah, eight? Six nine. Played for the Clippers this season. Um, I mean, obviously he's playing like seven minutes a game, but <laughs> at this point, why not? At, at this point, uh, sign up all the six nine people in the whole world you could find. Uh, they, yeah. they need size on the wing. Um, I, I I heard he he was super. Um, gave a lot of effort in New Orleans when he played. Seems like that he's like a high motor player, and that's what they need. So again, why why the hell not? Yeah, another guy that Anthony's going to rally around for like Damian Jones to sign ten day contracts and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, he's been on three teams this year. I didn't even see that he's on. Oh, two teams, excuse me, Brooklyn and the Clippers. So there you go. Um, <laughs> oh, and, and Vogel did say uh, expect him to be on the Lakers. Like he he's not probably not going to be in South Bay. It looks like they want to give him an actual shot. So we might actually see him as well because they need all the help they can get. Um, speaking of of, uh, I was going to say something. Never mind. I want to say it. Um, <laughs> Alex, the Lakers play. <laughs> The Lakers play on Thursday. I'm sure that's probably when we'll see these guys. Maybe are they, are they hurt already? Do they have COVID? <laughs> Do they have COVID? Like what's going on with DJ Augustine? Are that's, they gonna... a, that's like a protocol that each Laker has to pass. They have to be hurt before yeah. they sign. Yeah. I mean, who, I mean, today is like THT got hurt. You're like, Oh boy, here we go. Austin Reeves took an elbow in the face. You're like, Oh my God, here we go. Like, and then you got Kent Bazemore out there getting technicals. You're like, dude, you can't get technicals. Okay. Like you just are not allowed. And the Lakers themselves, like were shooting themselves in the foot. Like Vogel got a T Russ got a T Kent got a T like it looked. Yeah. There was a lot of symbol. There was, there was moments where it looked like a normal Laker game this year. And there was moments where it's like, this is what we want. So I'm hoping against the Clippers who the Lakers never beat, they will be more of the Laker team that we want. Yeah. I was going to say like you, if you're a a player on that Lakers team and you don't kind of come out really hyped up to try to beat the Clippers after the way you've lost both those games to them, like basically come down at the buzzer pretty close to it. Like then, yeah, we have big worries here. Like they, they really should come out like very passionate, try to beat that team. And they really have to, again, you got to try to make up some ground or at the very least not lose, you know, at this point, you got to win every game you can. I mean, I understand that a lot of great players miss the playoffs. Kobe missed the playoffs a few years at the end. Um, I get it. But with this expanded thing, LeBron's got to take this personally, man. Like you (laughs) elevate your team, you know, like let's be – you're, you're putting up points, but like, let's make these points. Let's make this stuff count for something. You know, you, you literally have to go win games to stay in the play in tournament. So anyways, I can't vote. I can't voice any more frustration today, Alex. I, you, you did a really good job of bringing some positives though. I appreciate that today. It's my job. It's my job on this podcast. Yeah, Cause I'm such a sour ass dude. It's like, every. <laughs> I mean, dude, there was positives today. Stanley Johnson hit a couple clutch threes. Carmelo Anthony was, you know, crypto Anthony. He's always pretty good in LA. Um, They made a comeback. Mm -hmm. They went small. They started a new lineup. There's things here and there. Yeah, I like the new starting lineup, honestly. I I think that's that's something with AD being out. I think that should be a consistent thing. Um, Yeah, I thought there was... 
there were again positives. Bazemore being back in the rotation, playing 17 minutes, that's crazy. Um, so we'll see. Um, I'm interested to see what the post game quotes coming out look like. But yeah, I've been looking, but I guess Spectrum cut off Russ's press conference after three questions. Okay, but not really nothing. Nothing coming out. You know, Frank obviously asked. They're all being asked about falling out of the playing game. Frank said cites having three top 75 players right now uh, and a fourth about to come back as to why he's confident that they'll. And I was like, that's exactly the kind of answer that I hate. Like history doesn't matter. Top 75 player in the history of the NBA doesn't matter right now. You know, like anyways, I'm getting upset talking more. That's why I want to stop. It's it's like the arrogance. uh, I think that in, in some of these quotes that like, Oh, we'll be fine. Like we're not too worried about it. Like at some point you better be worried about it. Yeah. Like a lot I'm of very us are worried, worried about, about it. it. I'm worried about it. I've been worried about it. You're 0 3 after the All Star break. It's March 1st. You're 27 and 34. And you have the second toughest schedule remaining in the NBA. This is not going to be easy. And you're playing on prime time a lot of those games. So, national audience. So, good luck, Lakers. Uh, I don't want to do our bit anymore about predicting games. So, I'm going to say 0 oh, and whatever the rest of the way. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we have to do our bit. Come on, man. <laughs> this, well, people tune in to hear our predictions. Yeah. At the Clippers versus the Warriors at the Spurs. Oof. I mean, that's what the schedule is going to start looking like the rest of the way, Laker fans. Like, I know that sounds kind of a tough schedule. That's pretty much what it is here on out. Um, oh, man. Here's the, uh, the silver lining for right now, I guess, is you do have the Clippers who are, you know, above you. But then you have the Spurs with a losing record, the Rockets with a losing record, and the Wizards with a losing record. Those are your next few games. So, got to win those. Yeah. But the um, next three before for us, at least. Clippers, Warriors, Spurs. I think, they, I think they have to beat the Clippers. Like, they can't. Yeah, I think they beat the Clippers. They beat the Spurs. What do you think? All right. 0-3. Let's go. We'll talk to everybody next week. I'm at AlexPedia86 on Twitter. He's Alex Regla at AlexMRegla on Twitter. Have you written anything recently on SilverScreenRoll.com, by the way? Yeah, yeah. I did a, one of those, it's like a Lakers notebook where I kind of just write about like a couple interesting things around some players on the team. So I wrote a little thing about THT, Stanley Johnson, and also wrote about uh, the Lakers struggling in the clutch, which uh happened again tonight so yeah. yeah go check it out lakers notebook tan horn tucker's missing floater stanley johnson getting physical and more clutch misfires silverscreenroll.com alex thank you for being positive today i'm gonna go to bed feeling positive as much as i can after this disappointing loss but hey at least it wasn't a blowout everybody progress baby steps baby steps alex we'll talk to you next week all right thanks man